good to see you this morning. And uh, I just want to, I want to take a couple minutes before I get into my sermon to pray. <laughs> We've had a lot of things to pray about recently. I don't know about you, but I, man, I found there's a lot of things to pray about. About our community just as one. This morning they put an evacuation order in for half of Huntington, half of the village, um, just because of the rising waters. And I know, I don't think any of us are, are absent from seeing and noticing what's happening. And I want to pray for our community and our region. I, I, I'm 56 years old. I've seen a few things. I haven't seen everything, but I've seen a few things. But I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I've seen a year like we've had. I mean, we, we come up with terms that we've never used before to describe what's happening. A heat dome. I never heard of that word before. And now atmospheric rivers. And I'll be honest with you, it sure seems like it. I've I, I got to be honest with you, it's it's... But our God reigns over that. And it does affect us. And I don't want to be ignorant of how it affects us. It does affect us. But at the same time, we serve the king who is above that. And so I don't want to be ignorant of the stress, of the tension, of the angst that it might tie us up in knots. I don't want to be ignorant of that, but I don't want us to stay there. Because the God I serve is God over that. And this, what's happening, hasn't caught him by surprise. He's not up in heaven going, who ordered this atmospheric river? He's over that. And some might argue and say he's ordained it. I, I'm not going to get into that. All I know is he's above it. And the God I serve is here sitting on his throne, not, not freaking out, not stressed out, but ruling the world. And in fact, what he's done, if you read the Bible, is he's caused you and I to be rulers, kings, and priests in this world. And I believe it's time that we take our place and we stand as stalwarts in the kingdom and in the community and command these things to stop. You say, well, what if they don't? I don't care if they don't. He tells us what to do, and I will do what he says, and I will speak to the storm. I've been speaking to it. I stand out there, and I make a fool out of myself because nobody else can hear me, but I command it to go. I speak to COVID. It's not permitted. Get out of here. We are the beacon of light in our community. We are the ones who have the hope for our community. We are the ones that have the connection with the king. 
In the Bible, when there were hardships, you know what the king would do? Even if it wasn't the king of Israel, but it was kings of other nations, they would go to the prophet, they would go to the place, and they would seek counsel of God and say, what's going on? Why? Because they recognize that there is a power greater than the atmosphere, greater than conditions, greater than situations. There is a power above that, and you and I are connected to that power. In fact, you and I are distributors of that power now. So I don't want to be ignorant, but at the same time, this does not determine my day. This does not determine how I feel, and there are days when it has, but it doesn't. It's not permitted. I, I serve the king of kings. So if you want to stand up with me right now, and we're going to do something really crazy, but I'd like if you're on this side of the church, could you look that way? If you're in the middle, the front half of the middle, look behind me. And the back half of the middle, Marjorie and, and uh, Jerry Ella and, and Jack. Jack, if you could turn around and look that way and tell your mom and dad to join you. And then if this side of the congregation, if you could look down to the south. And what I want to do is I want to speak to the north the south, the east, and the west, and I want to command these things to stop, desist, and to leave Abbotsford and to leave our region. So I want to encourage you, just start speaking. You don't have to speak crazy loud. You can just speak to it and just say, I command you to leave in the name of Jesus. I have authority from the King of Kings, and I speak to the north, and I say, you must leave rain. You must leave this area, this region. No more havoc, no more issues. I speak to the west, and I command it to go. I say, you hold up, and you go back into the ocean, and you stay there. You do not disturb the people of this nation, the people of this country, the people people of Abbotsford, of Vancouver, of this whole region. You do not disturb the southern interior. You do not disturb anymore. I speak to the east and I command it to stop and assist and go into rain, the rain to turn to snow and not to be melting but to stay on the mountaintops and make them beautifully white. I speak to the south and I command those rivers to stop, those dikes to hold and I say enough, enough, enough. You must leave now in the name of Jesus. And I speak dryness, I speak calm, and I speak peace to this region now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you for the strong leaders in our community. I thank you, Lord, that they are not shirking the responsibility, but they are standing up and they are calling to action and they are calling to the people to, to see the need. Lord, I thank you for them and I ask, oh God, that you would strengthen them. Lord, that you would let them know that they have prayer people behind them, supporting them, encouraging them. Lord, I speak to our prime minister, to our premier, Lord. I speak to our members of representation, Lord, in, in Victoria and in Ontario. Lord, I speak, oh God, to that you, would, that you would work, that you would divinely maneuver and have, Lord, that they might not even know why they're making decisions, but that it would be godly decisions for this country, for this nation, not to manipulate, but, Lord, that this nation would be righteous and we would see an outpouring of you. You are not done with Canada. You're not done. You are not done. 
And we stand with our brothers and our sisters, Lord, believing for an outpouring. And we speak to the physical things that are happening. And we say, Lord, we want that in the spirit, but not in the physical. We've we've had enough of that, but we want it in the spirit realm, pouring out into the lives of those around us. And Lord, I will stand on your word, not my word, your word. And I'm going to speak your word over these things. You stood in a boat and you told the storm to leave and it left. So, Lord, we're standing here and we are commanding these things to go. COVID, rain, fires, all those crazy things. Leave and let us enjoy the supernatural British Columbia. In your precious name, Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. If you read the scriptures, events like this, what we just did praying, happened. And sometimes the prophetic movement or the prophetic um, expression maybe didn't make sense physically, but it connected with something spiritually. So I want to encourage you, if you get an urge inside of you that you go, I don't even know where that came from, just go, okay, God, I'm going to do something. I'm going to take a step of risk. I'm going to take a step out, and I'm going to just, and I'm going to, I'm going to be courageous, but also, Lord, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. Don't be afraid to, to experiment. If you don't know what to do, experiment. If you go, well, would this work? Well, I don't know. Let's try. And then when it works, you don't always have to do it that way. But what you find is you find a key to how God does things. Amen. Amen. This is a house of love. This morning, I want to take this time and I want to talk about this is a house of love. I want to spend the next three, four, five weeks talking about this. We're, we officially entered the Christmas season. I know some of you are really excited about that, especially those that are born on Christmas Day. It's like, hey, it's, it's about baby Jesus, but he let me join him on that day. Yes, Cora, you can enjoy it and, and we celebrate you as well. But for the next month and a bit, we're getting ready for Christmas. And all the, sta- all the stores down south, after Thanksgiving, it's like put up the tree and let's get everything we can out of people before Christmas. So we have officially entered the Christmas season. And one of the greatest expressions at Christmas time is not Santa. Um, children, yeah, you may be excused, but one of the, uh, yeah, because I'm going to talk things to adults here. One of the greatest expressions is love and that Jesus came down to dwell among us. God with us. So what I want to do is I want to take some time over the next number of weeks and I want to talk about this is a house of love. A house of is known by the person who designs it. Have anybody here heard of Frank Lloyd Wright? He is an artist and an architect. And there are buildings that he designed that people can see and just say, oh, he designed that one because there are traits about how he designed it 
that speak to who he is. Now, if we take it a little step back and even make it a little more general, have you heard of the term mid-century modern? I, I like house designs. But mid-century modern refers to a specific style or type of house. How about colonial, rancher, country, timber frame? All these describe, and when I say these, what happens for most of you is you might get a picture of a house or a structure. Because a, a building is known by what people see or how it's designed. In the same way, this is a house. The house of God is known by the designer. And the designer of this house is God. And as we've done this series, we took it also to this step that not only is the designer of this house God, but also you and I are the house of God. So if we stay true with the definition and the consistency of thought, if God is the designer of this house, and it's a house of love, and I'll get to that in a few minutes, he's also the designer of this house, and that carries the same characteristics of this house. You and I should reflect the designer of this house. What's amazing about that is each one of us has specific gifts and talents that are unique to each one of us. And instead of us fighting over the differences, when we celebrate the uniqueness of each of us, what happens is it adds together. So I want to take a couple minutes, if you've got your Bibles, if you could turn to 1 John chapter 4. And I want to read about seven or eight verses. And then I've got, and I'm not kidding when I say this, 45 points. I'm not kidding when I say that. I don't know how many I'm going to get to, but just so you just... That's, that's, that's every one of my points, 45 of them. And we're going to do a little exercise together about love. In 1 John 4, I'm going to read you from verse 7 to 21. I'm not going to go through every single verse in depth. I just want to pick out two verses, but I'd like you to see the context of this passage. John is the beloved disciple. Some people say he was the one that Jesus loved. If you, if you have pictures of the disciples, he was the one that laid his head on his chest. There was a special relationship that John enjoyed with Jesus. And he had a revelation of God's love that infiltrated and influenced everything he wrote and everything he did. Even in today's world, we have some people in the church circles that are strong, very strong, amazingly strong on the thought of love. There's others that are really strong on prophetic. There's others that are really strong on the ministry of helps. There's, other, there's others that are really strong with teaching. And so John had this amazing revelation of love. And he starts in verse 7 here of 1 John 4. He says, Beloved, let us love one another for love I want you to see the word love, and I want you to see the word God as I read this. We're doing a little Sunday school exercise. 
And as a kid, we did this. As I read this, just keep track of the word love and the word God. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. We have seen and testify that the Father has set the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. I'm not even going to try to preach all this. This is just like mind-boggling. By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If one, someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. Now there's a lot in that passage. A lot. I just pulled out a couple thoughts out of this because I got a few other verses and then I've got a lot of thoughts that I want to share. But I want to see verse 8. It says, The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is love. Not might be, not maybe, not sometimes. He is. That's what they call a definite article. It's definite. There's no uncertainty in that statement. God is love. What you find with the Bible is there are statements in the Bible that do not even need defending because they are so um, certain and so concrete. In the beginning, God created. That's a statement. The creator states something that is indisputable. And here, breathed through the Holy Spirit, through John, writing, says God is love. Never separate God from love. Never separate love from God. Verse 16. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. I wrote down this thought here. 
you cannot separate God from love and you cannot separate love from God. When you love well, you represent God well. When you love well, you start to represent and show God to other people. When you are kind, when you are benevolent, when you make a decision to put someone else's needs above yours, what you are doing is you are displaying and living out God's love. And you are actually abiding in him and he is abiding in you. In John 3, 16, anybody know that passage? I think what's funny is we, we learn it in Sunday school and then I'm not sure how many times I've heard it preached. It's almost like, oh no, everybody knows it and we're not going to preach. I'm going to use it today in the sermon. For God so loved the world. God so loved the world. Not just you and me, the world. That he gave his only begotten son. He loved what he created so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Believing in Jesus is believing in the love of God which also connects us with eternal life. My thought there, hold on to your seats, God loves you. Man, he loves you. He loves you. He looks at you and goes, I love him. I love David. David's to die for. David's amazing. I'm going to give him a sense of humor because he could use it. I love him. If you continue in John 15, verse 13, it says, No greater love has a man than this that to lay down his life for his friends. No greater love than to lay down his life for his friends. Not only did he say it, but then he did it. It's one thing to say something. It's another thing to do it. Jesus modeled what living a life of love looked like. And I took that phrase and I started to think about his teachings, his parables, his interactions with people. And I started just to think about if he modeled love, what did that mean? For instance, somebody comes to him, this lady, he meets this lady at the well and he starts talking to her and he says, would you bring your husband here? And she goes, you know what? The guy I'm not living with isn't my husband. He says, you know what? You're right. And he says, and you've lived with four. You've had four husbands. And this one is not. And, and he could have condemned her. He could have. Instead, what does he do? He gives an invitation. Someone that did not meet the criteria. Not only that, but that person was a Samaritan. 
He had every right in the societal picture and culture of the day to push them aside, ignore them, because that's what they did. But instead, he opened up and they invited him into the village for many days. The woman caught in adultery. And they caught her. What's funny is usually it involves two people. But they only talk about her. They caught her. And according to the law, she should be stoned. And so they want Jesus to deal with this. And he goes, he who is without sin cast the first stone. And he was the only one without sin. And one by one they left. And his love, he modeled love. When somebody deserved something, but his love gave them something else. Think about that. You and I may have deserved something, something else, but God is love, and because of his love, he gave us what we did not deserve. None of us is bright enough, smart enough, tricky enough, astute enough to be measuring up to what God did and what he gives. And yet he said, while you were yet sinners, opposite and opposed, he sent his son and he died for you. God is love. And that is the picture of this house. The more I meditate on this, the more I realize I've got a long ways to go. Now, does not mean you become a doormat. Love has boundaries. Jesus had boundaries. He got tired. He went and prayed. He told his disciples. He sent them out to do things. But his heart, his passion, and his love was for people. I wrote down this statement and... Uh, Olivia, could you grab those papers and maybe Brendan? Give half to Brendan. I've got a little exercise here. If you've got a pen, grab a pen or a pencil. And we're going to pass out to you very quickly a piece of paper that says, because God is love. I, I want to take a few minutes and I want to think about this phrase. We often will say, God is love, therefore... What I wanted to do was I wanted to twist it a little bit and make us think a little bit, but because God is love, and then I want you to fill in the blank, because each one of you may have experienced this in a different way. So I'm going to read a number of them to you, and maybe as I read some, you'll think, oh, okay, I see where pastor's going. And then what I'd like you to do is just take a moment and write down a sentence, write down a thought. You personally thanking God for his love. Because of his love, because God is love, I don't have to have temper tantrums every day. That will go on my card. My children hold me accountable. So I've got a bunch. I'm going to read them, but as I read them, 
I'd like to encourage you to write. And you might write two or three down. And what I'm asking is the Holy Spirit to actually touch your heart. So it's not just a Sunday school expression, but this is, this is a heartfelt expression of appreciation to God because of God, because God is love. For instance, because God is love, he cares for me unconditionally. Because God is love, I'm just going to read these. He thinks good things about me. Because God is love, he celebrates me. You can write down some thoughts as you get them. I'm just going to read through these. Because God is love, he will correct me. Because God is love, he disciplines me. Because God is love, he disciples me. Because God is love, he's actually aware of my state and wants the best for me. All, period, the, period, time, period. Just for emphasis. Because God is love, I do not need to fear. Because of God is love, he forgives my overstepping even when I go over the boundary and property lines. Because God is love, when I miss the mark, he does not stop loving me. In fact, he forgives me. Because God is love, I'm free from the haunt of the past. Because God is love, I do not live condemned. Because God is love, he fights my battles. Because God is love, I can sleep at night. Because God is love, he cares for me greater than I could care, any care I could imagine. Because God is love, he's always for me. Because of God is love, I will never be alone. I do not walk alone. Because God is love, I will not fear. Because God is love, my fears can and will vanish. Because God is love, he is near. I hope you're your juices are going, because you might have two, three, four. Because God is love, he answers my prayers. And Pastor David doesn't go too long. Because God, I, I, I didn't write, and please don't write that. Please. I might ask for them back. Because God is love, he is good. He is so good. Because God is love, I'm approved by him. Because God is love, I can rest easy and sleep well. Because God is love, he keeps his word. Because God is love, nothing can separate me from him. Because God is love, he made a way when there was no way. Because God is love, I'm hid in Christ. Because God is love, he never changes. His love for me does not change. Because God is love, he chose me even though he knew me. Because God is love, he choose, chose me and he will not change his mind. Because God is love, I am preserved. I don't get in a jam, but I am preserved. Oh, that was a good one. Because God is love, Pastor David has a sense of humor. Because God is love... He sent his son to purchase me back. He bought me. 
Because God is love, he will never go against his word. Because God is love, he will not change. Because God is love, he will help me. He is committed to help me. Because God is love, he does not put conditions on his love for me. There are ifs in the Bible, but his love is unconditional. Because God is love, he does not miss a thing. Because God is love, when he says it, he means it, and when he says it, he does it. Because God is love, he follows through. Because God is love, he forgave me a debt that I would never be able to pay. Because God is love, he watches for me even when I wander and he does not leave me. Think of the prodigal son. What amazing love. We make a decision and we do silly things, stupid things, messy things, and he's out there looking for us to come home. Because God is love, I can throw, heave, cast all my cares on him. Because God is love, he shepherds me. Because God is love, I can love. In closing, I'd like you to take that list Look at it for a moment. And if you've got some thoughts in there that you've written, what I'd like to do is I want God's love to come over you right now. I want his love to infiltrate your heart. I want his love to touch you in a way that maybe you didn't know could be touched. So I'm going to ask for a fresh, new expression and experience of his love for you. So if you've got that list, I'm just going to pray a simple prayer over you right now. Father, Release your love over my brothers and my sisters. Release your love. Let them know where maybe they were wondering or questioning. Let them know with an certainty inside that you love them. They don't have to prove it. They don't have to perform it. They can just sit down and get washed over with your love. And Lord, I ask you that you would bless them and keep them. That you would make your face to shine upon them and be gracious to each one of us. And Lord, that you would lift your countenance up and that you would give us peace. Thank you, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen.
this week, think about because God is love, and then think about how you would continue to fill out that statement. Take that with you. Put it in your Bible. Read it. Look at it. Meditate. Because God is love. Amen. God bless you. We will see you next Sunday.